here's what I want you to realize is that the Bible tells us in Proverbs 29, says, where there is no revelation or vision, my people perish. Why? Because they cast off all restraint. Where there's no re- revelation or vision or revealing of God, where there's no revealing of God, where there's no revealing of God's voice, my people <clears throat> cast off what? All restraint. Now, in another place, it says this. In another translation, it says this, and I love this. I believe it's the NLT. I have to move on over. That's kind of over in here where I was going, but I'm going somewhere. In the voice translation, it says this. Where there is no vision from God, the people run wild. Hmm. But those who adhere to God's instruction know genuine happiness. Mm, mm. See, and, and that's what I want you to realize today. I'm going to give you a revelation today how to never suffer again. Oh, anybody tired of suffering, right? So I'm going to give you a revelation, a revealing, an uncovering of how to never suffer again. Again, and next week I'm going to teach you how to overcome fear, but today, how to never suffer again. So we're going to close the gap today. Say, close the gap. Close the gap. See, see, I, see, see, it's good knowing who you are. Yeah. See, see, if you don't answer three key questions, you're going to be a mess forever until you get to heaven. And that is, number one, you got to know where you came from. I'm not talking about I'm a hillbilly from eastern Kentucky. No, I I came from the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He created me in his image. He created me in his likeness. Put me on the earth to subdue. That's what he did for every person. Question is, do you receive it? So you got to know from where you came. Where'd you come from? You got to know not from where you came, but you got to know what am I here for? Why am I here? God doesn't create junk. He's a God of purpose. He knows the beginning from the ending and the ending from the beginning. He's the Alpha, the Omega. He designed you. He planned you. He created you. See, he, 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 he put you here and knew what you was going to go through, but you have to be the one to decide how you go through it. No, yeah. God put us all here knowing what we're going to go through, but he gave you the power to choose how you go through it. That's when you realize through is important. <laughs> mm. so, so you got to know why, where I came from, why am I here? Then you, then you got to know what am I going to do? What are you doing? Do you get up every morning with no purpose and see how you feel and drink your coffee or your Coke or eat your moon pie? I don't know what you do. Just get up and kind of go on and kind of wonder how your day is going to go and wait to see what happens for your day. I mean, we blame so much on the devil. The devil don't even have to interrupt your day to make you depressed. You got up depressed. He don't even have to interrupt your day to, to just see, oh, well, you know, it's just, oh, I got to go to that job I hate. Well, if you knew from where you came and why you were here, you'd probably be in a different job. See, see, we raise our children to get an education, go to college, do all that so they can be employed. But, but see, that's low-level thinking. You don't want to raise your children and do all that just so they can go work. You want to raise them so that they can be employers and have employees. God calls you to be the head and not the tail. Why don't we raise our children to be the head and not the tail? 
Success is predictable. People are goofy. Oh, you didn't get that. Success is predictable, but people are goofy. People cast off restraints because, you know, I love that part of vision, you know, Proverbs 29 where it says, where there is no vision the people perish, but happy is he that keeps my law. But that law stuff, so religious, pastor, you know, I'm not under the law. I'm under the new covenant, the new covenant. Well, honey, you probably don't even know what covenant is. If you don't keep your word and have integrity, you don't know what covenant is. If you don't understand significance, it's not found in how I feel, but it's found in how I make others feel. Significance is not in, in me when I get what I want. Significance is where I can help you get what you want. Amen. Amen. That's good. Success is predictable. It's a science. It's not hard to be successful. You just got to make good decisions. That's all. But if we don't have the right perception and understanding, then all, you know, we got that Charlie Brown anointing. Why is everybody always picking on me? Oh, Lord. Instead of having an understanding that greater is he. Yes. And I just heard in the spirit, somebody say, well, there he goes. Greater is he who's in me than he who's in this world. Well, he is in me. How about you? Come on. I know who he is in me. How about you? Is he kind of okay in you or doing pretty good in you? Or is he great in you? Now, now wait. One thing if he's great in you. But is he greater in you than anything happening to you or around you? Because when you get that revelation, you can say to the devil, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. No sickness, no fear, no poverty, no attack. Say no more suffering. Oh, come on, say it like you mean it. No more suffering, come on. One more time. Now, before I get going, I'm going to tell you this. You can still sign up for Bethel School of Ministry. I teach here every, every Wednesday night. I teach here at 7 o'clock. I'm teaching on blood covenant, understanding covenant. If you don't understand that, that's why you don't walk in faith because you waver all the time because you don't understand the bloodline and the authority you have. Then the second class, Pastor Staff's teaching, it's, it's, it's leadership, but it's entitled the spirit of leadership. You know, when you can take the natural principles of leadership and put it with the spirit of God and the spirit of leadership, then you're not just getting a temporary reward, you're getting an eternal reward. Amen. And then you can still sign up for Geek Marriage Weekend. Well, I don't know if I need it. You're the one that needs it. That's right. Pastor Steph and I will be there. Pastor Mark and others will be teaching. It'll be a great weekend. And then also connect groups are just really going crazy, doing good, men's groups, all kinds of groups you can get involved in, couples, and you can sign up for that. Now, talking about no more suffering. I want you to realize this. Suffering is a choice. Ooh, pastor. Suffering is a choice. It's always an option but it's never a requirement. Suffering is a choice. It's always an option, but it's never a requirement. Now, I'm not gonna take time to do this little drill with you, but this is a good little exercise you can do when you get home. You get home, just get by yourself, 
and I want you to take about five minutes on each of these questions. I'm going to give you three real quick, and, and it's this, this, and, and it's a little drill I want you to do when you get home. Number one, I want you to sit there for a few minutes and just write down what you're proud of. What you're proud of. What makes you excited that you're proud of something you've been a part of or you've done or you've helped? Second question I want you to ask is, what are you grateful for? What are you grateful for in your life? Who are you grateful for? And then the third question I want you to ask yourself is, what is something that excites you? What is it that gets your blood going? What is it that gets you fired up? What is something that excites you? So what is it? I want you to take time to ask three questions. What are you proud of? What are you grateful for? And what's something that excites you? Now, why am I asking you that? Because where your focus goes, your energy flows. And when you begin to understand how to control your emotions, you see, your emotions, if you're down and sad, your energy goes down. If your emotions are kind of okay, then your energy's okay. But man, when you can take your emotions in a positive way through the roof, your energy's through the roof. See, momentum is simply moving forward with energy. Human momentum is moving forward with emotion. See, that's worth coming for right there. He said, well, I heard that before, preacher. Are you living it? That's what I'm wanting to know. So if you do that little drill, in about 15 minutes, you'll be pumped up. You'll be like, man, yeah, oh, thankful for my fat. Thankful for, yeah, man, you'll be feeling good. I want you to walk around. Don't just sit when you do it. Walk around. Just talk and pray. Just talk it out. Talk it out. Get out. And, then, and then take about five minutes and ask yourself, what are you sad about? What's your Charlie Brown moments this past week that, you know, didn't go your way? Think about that time you embarrassed yourself and embarrassed your family. Think about, think about a few of those kind of things for about five minutes. And tell me later which focus you should have. So what we need to understand, if I don't want to suffer, I must realize God made me a decision. We are a free will agent. We are a decision. Did you know in God's law that birds fly? Did you know that? Did you know that snakes crawl? Did you know birds are born with the gift to fly, right? Snakes are born with the gift to squirm and crawl. There are certain laws that God has established, but laws are not here to hurt you. Laws are here to give you boundaries so that you can walk out the fullness of God's plan for your life. Laws are predictable. Gravity, what goes up must come down. If we didn't have that, we wouldn't be sitting on earth. We'd be floating around in the universe. We wouldn't even exist. There are certain laws that, that are principles that God has set in place. When you suffer is when you fail to live by principle, but you live by feelings. Or you live by the conditions around you. See, if you will live by the blueprint by which God made you, and live in his image and his likeness through his spirit under his authority and power. If you live in that blueprint as a, a child of God, a son or daughter of God, versus living in the living conditions of how everybody looks at you and treats you and 
does for you or doesn't do for you and how they got the promotion and you didn't, they got the job and you didn't, you know, you got this disease, they don't have any disease, I mean, come on. See, if you allow the atmosphere to determine your destiny, you'll never be happy. If you allow living conditions to determine your destiny, you'll never fulfill it. God said in Isaiah 46, he, he said, I knew your ending before your beginning. See, God already knows your ending. The question is, are you gonna get there the way God plans you to get there or not? Who are the greatest people that you know that have the greatest achievement? 90% of the time or 95% of the time, it's not the people that everything turned out great for them. They can be above average, they can be good, they can be successful. But the ones that do amazing accomplishments, whether it's in science, whether it's in finances, whether it's in ministry, anything you wanna choose, the ones that are just the outstanding ones are the one that's been through the most. The ones that's been through the toughest stuff. Still, it's still because it's been proven by heat, pressure. Diamonds, where we get them from coal and other things that the pressure is on. We get the, the root of it is the diamond. When you begin to come to that understanding that anything you're going through now is temporary. But what's coming out of it is eternal. It can change your whole perspective. Say no more suffering. You see, suffering comes from the meaning I give things. So I have the power to choose whatever meaning I wanna give a situation in my life. I have the power to choose the meaning of whatever sickness or battle or offense or hurt or something that someone has done to me. And the key is you choose what that means to you. And if you'll choose to make it a lesson to learn by, you'll never fail. You can only fail when you don't learn something from it. I've learned some lessons I don't want to learn again. Anybody with me on that? You've learned some lessons you don't want to get. And I've learned some lessons and had to learn them over and over and over, right? Have you learned those? I mean, they really ingrained in Dalton's head. Like, yeah, dummy, no. So whenever we're dealing with this and we're choosing what we focus on and we're facing this thing called suffering, there's three primary thoughts that you deal with. It always comes back to the root of these three, three thoughts. Number one, loss. Suffering comes because you've lost something or you fear losing something. I could lose my life. I could lose my husband or wife. I could lose my job. I could lose my influence, my respect. I could lose whatever it is. Suffering has a root of loss or the illusion of loss. The second thing that suffering has is the word less. I have less than I should have. I have less than I could have. I have less than I would have if I would have just... Suffering. And the third thing that suffering possesses is this, never. It happened for them, it'll never happen to me. You know, that never did come through to me. They made that investment, got wealthy, I, I lost money. It never goes my way, never. So what is it? Loss or the illusion of loss, less, I always have less or got less than I should have or never. And so the key is what are you focusing on? Because whatever you focus on is what you get. 
Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I can focus on an unseen realm and manifest it into a seen realm because God is an unseen God and everything that is, was in the unseen is now in the seen. And because I'm his kid and I have his spirit in me, if I put my focus on those things by faith, I can access and bring them into my now. Yes. Mm -hmm. So what I want you to get is this. What is suffering? Suffering is a choice. We choose to suffer. Some of us, if we don't have anything to suffer about, we got to search that day because we feel kind of weird because something must be wrong. If today's going too good. There must be something that ready to happen. You ever been around people like that? Well, it's just going so good. I don't know. It's, man, you've had a great three months. You got this promotion. Your kids came to church. Yeah, but you know what that means, sister? Something getting ready to happen. Oh, Lord. Speak it, sister, because you got that faith. You can speak it. You can speak, the Bible says, life. And you can speak death. And you can speak cursing. And you can speak blessing. Why? Because greater is he who is in you. He gave you authority to speak life or to speak death, and it is so. Amen. You get exactly what you say. That's, that's so right. You really do. <clears throat> say no more suffering. No Look at me in Genesis 37. Begin in verse 1. We're going to look at somebody that's going to teach us how to not suffer. His name's Joseph. Genesis 37, verse 1. So Jacob settled again in the land of Canaan, where his father had lived as a foreigner. This is the account of Jacob and his family. When Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flocks. He worked for his half-brothers, the sons of his father, father's wives, Belah and Zelpah, and, but Joseph reported to his father some bad things that his brothers were doing. Verse three, Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day, Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. Oh, what's that? Loss, less, never, right? They couldn't say a kind word to him. One night, Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever now. Listen to this dream, he said. We're out in the field, try, tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly, my bundle stood up. Hmm. And your bundles, talking to his brothers, all gathered around and bowed low before mine. His brothers responded, so you think we, you will be our king? Do you, really? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him even more because, his dream, because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. See, they could have thought if he's gonna be king or ruler someday and our bundles are standing around him, they could have given the meaning, wow, we're gonna rule and reign over a nation as a family. But instead, they were concerned because he was going to be the one in charge and they weren't and then they operate in offense and hatred. Hmm. Verse nine. So 
Soon Joseph had another dream and he told his brothers about it. Listen, I had another dream, he said. The sun, the moon, and even, and the 11 stars bowed down low before me. This time he told the dream to his father as well as to his brothers. But his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what these dreams meant. Hmm. You know, the word wonderful, where we get it from, wonderful comes from the words full of wonder. See, anytime you wonder, you ask a question. You see, the problem is so many times we allow ourselves, our brain to ask questions and your brain's goofy. It's just a computer. It's just a piece of muscle that operates with the nervous system God gave you to function and to operate. See, never allow your brain to ask questions because if your brain asks questions, it'll give you answers. You ask questions and have your brain search them out. Say, well, I don't know, preacher. Well, you are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. Your soul is your decision-making resource. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, I pray for your whole body, soul, spirit that would be found blameless in that day. So you got to come to the realization in your life who's in charge. Your brain is here to serve you, man. You tell that goofy thing what it's supposed to do, what it's what. Well, you know, it, it wants to do this. Yeah, because you've been letting it watch this, listen to this, hang out with it. See, when you understand God's vision for your life, look at this. Here's what got Joseph through. And we'll hit it highly today at a high level. Joseph got what, in the pit, in the palace of Potiphar's life. He got, then what, he got thrown into jail. All that, we know the story came out then. But, but what got Joseph through was he knew where he came from. He knew why he was here and he knew what he needed to do. He didn't know how he would do it. He just started where he was at. Joseph started in the pit. But when you got a dream and you start in the pit, you coming out of that pit. It's the ones that don't have a dream that's come, not coming out of the pit. Did you know that when you have a dream, when you have a vision, it will set standards for you? If you're sold out to a vision God has for your life, of being a man of God, a woman of God, a man of integrity, a woman of integrity, being a provider, being a soul winner, being a great business owner, whatever it is, a great parent, whatever it is, an employer, a teacher, whatever, minister, whatever it is, that vision that you've received from the Lord that you know that you know is yours. And if you will take ownership of that vision, it will cut out about 90% of those decisions you're trying to make. Well, I'm a pastor, right? So I'm called to shepherd and love people, win people to Christ. So I don't have to worry about going to those clubs that I don't need to be in, right? I don't have to worry about going to those bars where you got a lot of little ones in your pocket. I don't have to worry about that because that's not part of my vision. Well, I don't have to worry about being a drug dealer. That's not part of my vision. I, I, I don't have time to be offended with anyone because of the vision God gave me in my life. I don't have a right to be offended. I'm already dead in Christ, alive in him, and dead men don't have an opinion. So I really don't have an opinion about being I don't even have time. Lord, I don't have time. I don't even have a right to be offended. Well, I'm not going to rob from God because I'm a man of God, and I sow into the kingdom, and I live by the bread that's sown. 
So, so, so I don't have to wrestle with should I tithe or not. I give more than 10% of my income. Why? Because it's part of the vision God gave my life. You see, when you have a vision, it gives you boundaries. When you have a purpose, it gives you boundaries. Athletes know they got to keep themselves in a certain physique and health and take care of themselves. Now, a lot of them after that, their, their career's over, they go down the tube, a lot of them. Why? Because they have no purpose. See, when you get a vision for your life, when you get a purpose for your life, when you get a plan for your life, it takes 90% of those goofy decisions you've been wrestling with away. When you make a covenant with your wife, a covenant with your husband, I need to say go through a ceremony. I said, when you have a marriage covenant, there's no option other than living out that covenant. It takes the option of divorce away. Quiet in the Holy Ghost house. Didn't say that you don't experience the tragedy of divorce. It takes two that understands that covenant. Sometimes one waivers or both waivers. But when you make, when you live a life of vision, it cuts so many decisions that you wrestle with out of the way. But it's when you live with no boundaries. That's when you hang with the wrong people, doing the wrong stuff. You know, if you're flying around and you're an eagle, but you're hitting the rear ends of turkeys and birds all the time, then you're probably not living out your purpose. Your purpose is above all that. And there's a lot of Christians living like turkeys instead of eagles. You living around that gossiping, lying, crazy, hatred, bitter, racism. Listen, listen, listen. Politicians, I, I love politicians just like I love everybody else. But here's the thing. There's a rare politician that lives by principle, mostly by popularity because that's how they make a living. Right? But if we live by principle, that's how we leave a legacy. So you've got to decide. Do you want to be popular? Or you want to leave a legacy? It's your decision. Do you want your life to be meaningful or an accident? I don't know why I'm suffering. I do. You make bad decisions. Yes. Poor decisions. Yes. You can't be offended, can you, Miss Essie, unless you decide to be, can you? Right. It takes a decision. You know what? I've tried to be offended. And I just get mad, and I'm like, I'll never forgive that person. Before lunch, God's like, what'd you say? What'd you say? <laughs> Boy, what, 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 Dalton? What? what? I don't want to talk about it, Lord. Next day I get up, I've already forgot about it. And then it hits me and I'm like, who is that? I ain't talking to them. Dalton, what, 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 that don't, see, I already showed you your ending from your beginning, so that ain't part of your pathway. So offense is offense. So you can put a fence around yourself and your destiny and quench it, or you can loose the fence and not be offended and soar with eagles. It's your choice. Is really being offended worth all the work and the stress that you put on your life and the blood pressure going up and the sickness? And then you're mean to the people that love you just because you're offended. Like you have a right. <laughs> Dead people don't have rights. Well, you're just preaching legalism. No, I'm preaching heaven. And how to enjoy it even before you get there. 
Why do we suffer? Because of less, because of never, because of loss. So we see this, what happened now? His dad was still wondering, but here's the key with Joseph. Think about it. Joseph had already got his purpose. He already knew his why. So now the next events that take place in Joseph's life, he could get through those events because he knew God knew him from the beginning to the ending and had a plan. He didn't know the plan, but he knew the plan. So as we look at it here, Joseph, what happens? I'm going to go through, I'm going to go through this kind of quick because I want to minister to you. So if we went on to read, you know, where Joseph's brothers later on in that chapter got offended, they offended what they do. His dad sent him out to feed him lunch and they throw him in a pit and they sell him as a slave to Potiphar, the wealthy man's house in Egypt in another country. So here Joseph is in the pit. Wait a minute. The big fancy robe, the favorite of his daddy. God gave him this big ministry and revelation and word and now he's a slave. He went from a prince to a slave in 10 minutes. Here he is, he's in the pit. Now he's got a decision to make. Is God a liar? I mean really, is God a liar or not? Then if God's not a liar and I know he's not, then I need to reset my expectation. Maybe I thought all my brothers would just jump on my team and help me and together we'd just run right through the wall together and we'd just take over a country, a nation and rule and reign as a family. But that ain't happening because they just turned on me, wanted to kill me. One of them had sympathy. They at least sold me into slavery. I could have been dead, but at least I'm alive. I'm in a pit, but I'm alive. You may be in a pit of a disease, but be thankful you're alive. You may be in a pit of a messed up marriage, but be thankful you're alive. You may be in a pit of discouragement and poverty and brokenness, but be thankful you're still breathing. Because if you're breathing in the pit, that's enough to get you out. Say, I'm coming out. So, so, so he's in the pit now. now. Now, here's what gets you into suffering. That's a life condition. He couldn't control what his brothers did to him. He loved his brothers. He shared his dream with them, right? So if he shares his dream with them and he loves them, he trusts them. He even told them the second dream. He just didn't have a self-awareness. They were really, they murmured it with each other, but to them, they must've put on a good face. And he thought they were for him and not against him. He never told them the second dream. And now these brothers he's excited to go see have thrown him in a pit and sold him into slavery. So he has a decision to make. And the decision is gonna be based on two things. Here's the key to suffering. If you wanna suffer, I can teach you how to suffer. Joseph had traded his expectations for appreciation. The only reason, way you could have less is if you expected to have more. You, see, that, that, you didn't get that, that's why you suffer. The only way you could have less is if you expected more. The only way it never can happen is if you expected it to happen sooner and it hasn't happened, so it's never gonna happen. Think about that. Expectation is the standard that you apply to your living conditions. 
Well, if that's the case, Helen Keller, who was blind and deaf and everything else, we wouldn't even have Braille that people that deal with those disabilities could read and do so on, right? But, 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 but she didn't see it the same way everybody else saw it, right? See, Joseph traded his expectations for appreciation. So here's what you do. When things don't turn out the way you expected them to turn out, you take your attention off what didn't go your way, you know, your Burger King day, have it your way, you know, that meal. No, you take it off the expectation and you adjust it to appreciation. You change your focus off what was less, not enough, or you didn't get what you deserved to I'm thankful, I'm alive, I'm breathing, I got hope, God loves me if nobody else does, my family loves me, I'm a person of honor, I'm gonna honor whoever got the position if I didn't get a position, I'm gonna serve them like nobody else served them, I'm gonna do what I'm gonna, I'm gonna get up in the morning, I got laid off from a job this week, I'm gonna get up in the morning, put 10 applications in, because I, I, I'm thankful God made me healthy and strong to work. You see, you begin to find things to be appreciative of. And if you're not, just turn the news on. You can find all kinds of reasons that you should be appreciative of who you are and not who some people are. Read the newspaper. Go down the obituary. You can be appreciative that you're not in the obituary today. See, the way you break suffering off of your life, you take your focus off of your expectation. And then you begin to focus on what you appreciate. Now, now, if I sit here and when I said that little drill you do, 15 minutes when you get home, those three questions. Now, think about it. What if you took the other three questions and said, well, who betrayed me in my life? Think of the time that I was betrayed the worst by the person I loved the most. Think of the time when I was abused. Think of and I'm not making a lot of any of that. That stuff's reality. But here's the key. Are you going to live by the blueprint God designed you or by the living conditions that were brought on you? Joseph didn't live by the conditions of the pit. He was in the pit, but his standard was out of the pit. He had a higher standard than the pit. He was on the bottom, but he wasn't living on the bottom. See, you could be on the bottom, but not living. Where are you living? You're living where the eagles go because that's where you're destined to fly. You're living out of debt. You're living healthy. You're living happy. You're living anointed. You're living free. Are you walking around everybody else in the pit? At least I'm a little higher than they are. They've been in here longer than me. They'll probably die in here. I should get out sometime. What's your standard? If you're going to close the gap, you've got to know what your standard is. So that's all in Genesis 39. I'm kind of rushing through this. I'm going to have to go over this again next week. So remember, suffering is a choice. Suffering is a choice. It's always an option, and it's never a requirement. How do I break it? I take my focus off expectations and put it on appreciation.